I'm Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Monday, November 6, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech all in less than seven minutes. Peak Pals, I hope you had a great weekend. Now, a new paper theorizes that two massive and unusual blobs of around 2,900 kilometers below the Earth's surface are actually remnants of Thea, an ancient planet that many scientists believe collided with Earth billions of years ago, creating the debris that eventually formed our moon. Now, you know what they say about the missing remnants of ancient planets. They're always in the last place you look. And in this case, that is deep, deep, deep below the Earth's surface. An interesting fact to start your day off with, Peak Pals. And we've got a great episode for you today. For our first story, AI influencers are taking over. For our second story, pre-tip your driver or risk slow delivery, DoorDash users warned. And for our third story, the impact of Africa's youth boom. For our first story, out of all the jobs under threat from AI, we certainly didn't have Instagram influencers at the top of that list. What's happening is that major global brands, including Prada, Calvin Klein, Samsung, and BMW, are turning to AI-generated influencers to promote their products on social media, opting for a cost-effective alternative to high-profile social media personalities. Some of the AI influencers, like Brazil's Annie Malu, 3.7 million YouTube subscribers, are cartoons that have amassed large online followings. Others, like Michaela, Lil Michaela, 2.7 million Instagram followers, are nearly indistinguishable from actual humans. And this is happening because in addition to being more cost-effective, AI influencers have language flexibility, offering options for promotion in multiple countries, and unlike messy humans, well, they're scandal-free, at least for now, peak pals. Who knows what the future will bring? And with almost half of Canadians already unable to differentiate AI-generated content from human-generated content, experts warn that the rise of AI influencers could open the door for deceptive and misleading marketing practices. Human influencers are already criticized for manipulative marketing tactics. AI-generated personalities would be screpple-free and impossible to hold accountable for shady practices. And here's the bottom line. As Meta launches its own lineup of AI influencers based on celebrities like Kyle Jenner and Tom Brady, users will be seeing a lot more AI avatars on their feeds, blurring the line even further between fake and real on the internet. For our second story, want your late night Big Mac order to arrive at least a little bit warm? Well, you better tip your delivery driver ahead of time. That's right. DoorDash is testing a change to its service that will ask customers to add a tip at checkout and warn them that failing to do so could mean their delivery will take longer. DoorDash said delivery drivers are more likely to accept orders that come with a tip because they earn more from them, meaning those orders get delivered faster. The update is currently being tested in select cities in the U.S. and Canada, and DoorDash said it's seen a meaningful decrease in no-tip orders since it launched. This all matters because tipping for delivery is standard practice, but pressuring customers to tip for service before it's even delivered is a new and some might say unwelcome expansion of tipping culture that's grown more pervasive since the pandemic. To average tip amount increased from 16% in 2019 to 20% this year, according to payments company Square. And shoppers are being asked for tips at more places, not even using a self-checkout machine is a surefire way to avoid the tip request. But gig workers like those who deliver for DoorDash often depend on tips to top up base pay that is calculated algorithmically and sometimes leaves them earning below minimum wage. Companies like DoorDash also have a strong incentive to encourage customers to tip more in order to make their platform more attractive to drivers, which in turn reduces wait times for users. Which brings us to the bottom line. More precarious gig work in the economy means more pressure to tip as marketplace-style platforms like DoorDash shift the burden of paying workers directly on to, well, new customers. 
For our third story, want to feel old? The median age in Africa is just shy of 19. Here's what's driving the news behind that stat. In most of the world, anxieties about how countries will care and pay for their fast-aging populations are growing. Africa is the exception. The continent is seeing a baby boom that is fueling one of the youngest and fastest-growing populations on Earth. According to UN forecasts, African people will account for one in four people on Earth by 2050, and at least one-third of people aged 15 to 24. This matters because by 2050, the population of people aged 60 years and older around the world is expected to double to 2.1 billion, according to the World Health Organization. As the population grows older, it presents a huge set of health, social, and economic challenges. According to the most recent census, nearly one in five Canadians are 65 and older right now, requiring a solid tax base of younger workers to support pensions and health care. But Population growth is bringing a different set of challenges to Africa. In Nigeria, most of the country's 213 million people live on less than $2 a day. In Somalia, unemployed youths join military groups for money. In South Africa, the unemployment rate is 35%. Well, technology has helped lift millions out of poverty and has failed to create enough jobs for young people. In 2020 alone, nearly 41 million people left the continent. Plus, with life expectancy of 64, many Africans are considered lucky to make it to retirement age. In Canada, where life expectancy is 82, most people do. Which brings me to the big picture. Similar to how the economic rise of China and India stunned the world in the 21st century, the next shift will be shaped by Africa, where youths are better educated and connected than ever, and politicians, CEOs, designers, and artists are all on the up. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks, Peak Pals, and have a great week. Hey, Peak Pals, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Now, as teased at the start, we've got a really exciting interview with Don Lidlow, who is the Vice President, Small Business, Business Financial Services Strategy and Partnerships at RBC. That's a mouthful, but we've got a great chat about his career at RBC and gets into the weeds about how RBC supports Canadian small businesses. We used RBC for all the Peak's banking needs, and it was great to get a behind-the-scenes look of how it all kind of comes together at the bank. Okay, without further ado, here's our interview with Don. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Hey, Don, thanks so much for joining us on the Peak Daily today. Hey, thanks, Brett. Great to be here. Awesome. So really excited to dive deep into your career at RBC. I guess just to start, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell us about your extensive career at RBC, and what do you like to do when you're not working? That's a fun one to start with. Yeah, sure. Happy to do so. So right now, I'm the Vice President for Small Business and Partnerships here at RBC, so that means I'm really responsible for our overall uh, small business strategy and book of business. My team and I also coordinate all of our external partnerships, what we call our beyond banking partnerships with trusted third parties. And I've been at RBC for about 22 years. Most of that time is being out in the field. So being a, a commercial banker, leading advisor teams, all that kind of thing, and really working with small, medium and commercial company owners to to help them, you know, thrive and achieve their goals. So a really fantastic time here at RBC. I, I love the work I do every day. And you're obviously working a lot with small business owners, and you're really getting a better idea of how they're feeling. I'd love to hear about some of the insights from the recent poll conducted by RBC to gauge Kane's sentiment towards entrepreneurship. Yeah, sure. Some really great insights that uh, came from the most recent survey included that uh, many Canadians are turning to entrepreneurship as a way of fulfilling their uh, financial career and uh, life aspirations. Uh, for example, 
you know, perhaps having reached what they believe to be the, the pinnacle or peak of their careers. Many Canadians see small business ownership as the logical next step for them to grow professionally and, uh, and continue to uh, develop. About two-thirds of business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs say that they had peaked or did peak in their jobs and that business ownership was really the logical next step. And that increases to about 71% for folks aged 35 to 54 in that demographic there. You know, as well, about 8 in 10 Canadians have said that they're motivated to be an entrepreneur in a way to get away or find something different than what corporate job or corporate life would offer them. And this increases to about 83% for millennials and even that group aged 18 to 34 in there. So, you know, really interesting, just the motivations there that's, that's going on in people's thinking. And then a provincial dimension of that, you know, when it comes to Quebec, they're even more entrepreneurial in their mindset and focus. And I think, you know, an interesting angle of that is about 60% of Quebecers say that it's really having a family member or somebody they know as a guiding factor for them being interested in business ownership and entrepreneurship. So, you know, clearly there's lots of interest in entrepreneurship across Canada, which, which is a great thing, and across generations, because we really need that for, for a thriving and healthy economy. So it's great to see. Absolutely. You know, I'm an entrepreneur myself, and so I know what my motivations were in starting a business. And I think I resonated a lot of what that, with what that poll found in that I felt like I was at the peak of the job that I currently had, and there was no natural progression for me outside of starting my own business. And so I definitely can relate to that. What are some of other, the other key motivations fueling the drive for entrepreneurship? Yeah, and it's interesting. I, I'm also married to a business owner. Uh, my wife is a small business owner. And so I get lots of insights from her too. I, I kind of call it the dinner table focus group. And, you know, I think, you know, watching her and, and learning from her and seeing her in action, it gets to, you know, maybe one of these other insights in terms of someone's motivations, which is really a proactive sense of, you know, taking control of things and really, you know, being their own boss and getting a control of their own financial situation. So, you know, it's, this, is a, this is a big motivator amongst a lot of, a lot of folks. I thought your point around how entrepreneurship is fuel for the Canadian economy was a really good one. We've talked about a lot of things throughout this episode. What are the big takeaways or advice for entrepreneurs that you, for aspiring entrepreneurs or current entrepreneurs that you have? Yeah, I mean, at all kinds. You know, the first is that while, you know, being an entrepreneur and a, and a business owner is really rewarding, I think incredibly rewarding, it's also fair to say it's incredibly challenging. Even at the best of times, it, it can be a difficult uh, road to travel. And so I think it's important for our entrepreneurs to understand that they don't have to and shouldn't go it along. There are all kinds of resources out there to help startups, entrepreneurs, and established small business owners just start, grow, and manage their businesses. And there are all kinds of places to go for that. I know RBC has a great site that, that we're pretty fond of called the RBC Starting a Small Business Hub. You can find that at rbc.com. You know, and I'd also say along the lines of not doing it on your own, you don't have to be alone. It's always good to just talk to someone, you know, whether that's your lawyer, an accountant, a mentor, other business owners, you know, but it, it helps to really talk to somebody about your goals, your dreams, any of the challenges you're having. And of course, you know, we love talking to business owners, so certainly happy to have you give us a ring or drop by one of our branches for a chat. That's great advice, Don. And I can speak about this personally. You know, when we were first starting The Peak, the first place that we went was owner to start our small business. And then we connected with an RBC small business advisor that set up our account. And then we had a small business banker that we worked with to figure out what was the best credit solution for us. It was really a full service small business partner at RBC. And we're really grateful for that. So 
Don, thank you for all the work that you do. And thank you for the advice for aspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Great to, great to be here.